0: No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too – There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. One of my first memories of the great game was this guy. As a kid, he terrified me. Nothing to be ashamed of, he terrified the grown men he played against too. He was this giant, unstoppable, unbeatable. I never got to meet him until recently. Still a giant, still unstoppable. I reckon still unbeatable too, but a real softie, a gentleman. This guy is absolute elite. From his peers, from those that have seen a lot more footy than us. This was a cool experience. I loved our sit down. I know you will too. But who is Mark Graham?
1: it uh, was a good question, i got to say, Andy. Um, I'm going to answer it like this. I'm going to say I'm a father. I'm a um, husband, first of all. I'm a father. Um, I'm a grandfather I'm a friend I'm a brother um, yeah I'm, I'm just the average bloke I reckon.
0: born in South Auckland in 1955 although you look like you were born in 1975 still <laughs> was it a willing area for young boys where you had to learn to fight or run fast
1: yeah a bit of both and I was I was actually a good fast runner and um, um, yeah it was in those er- in those days um, it was uh, it was like it was a working class town, I do. Yeah. It had all the freezing works, all the freezing, all the abattoirs in Auckland, all were there in that area. And my dad worked down at the abattoirs, and he um, was a fitter and turner down there. And he turned out <clears throat> in the end. He was um, he worked his way up. He was the general manager of uh, short Shortland Freezing Company, and the general manager of uh, uh, another couple of other companies. So he was a uh, he was a go getter.
0: Gang life was that prominent in South Auckland at that time?
1: Very much so. Yeah, it was. Um, uh long before the days of the black power and the Mongrel mob which are two big yeah. um gangs in new zealand um we had the stormtroopers were sort of a, a south auckland entity and um they were uh, there were lots and lots of members and lots of people that i knew um were were members
0: early 60s new zealand rugby league i guess would have had nowhere near the prominence it does today. Did every kid just want to be an all-black? And if so, I guess I'm asking, why league, not union? Um,
1: well, you know, rugby union is, is the number one sport in New Zealand, obviously, um, and, you know, they're a world power. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I um, I went to the Catholic schools all my life, and the, the local Catholic school I went to was called uh, St Joseph's Conference School, and the, our primary school. And um, I was one of five kids, and um, the local school, local footy club, which is to Otahu Leopards, mm. they supplied the um, the footy jerseys, to. so we played rugby league. And my mates played rugby league, so we all played rugby league. It was as simple as that.
0: Is that where the junior and senior journey started in rugby league with the famous leopards? Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. And um, whenever I go back to New Zealand and, and – uh, it's wintertime, I always go down and watch the training session or go down and watch a game and say good day to everybody down there. So it's always nice, yeah.
0: What are the great junior rugby league clubs, irrespective if we're talking the United Kingdom, Australia, or oh, New yeah. Zealand? But the, the, the line, the production line they've produced, first grade football oh. is amazing.
1: Well, I've actually got a picture over there of the five captain, Kiwi captains that came out of. Out of uh, Otago and a New Zealand uh, coach in Graham Lowe, so it was just it's a production line. And to this day, if you went through the the Warriors or went through the NRL, mm. there'd be many many people come out of um, the, the Otahu Leopards rugby league side.
0: Hasn't taken long to mention Graham Lowe. That's a relationship that has lasted the test of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we've 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 had four, four yeah. years out. We've yeah, as as everyone does. You know, yep. it's just. Um, you know, you've got to suck it up every now and again, and, and get 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 back on the horse. And um, Graham's been a great friend of mine forever, and um and will remain so forever. You know, and um and I'm not saying that we'll never have a bad word, but yeah. um he's got his opinions, and I've got mine. But he's a he's a great bloke, and he certainly believed in me, and he certainly helped me uh um attain my footballing credibility, I
0: suppose. Yeah, an amazing footy, Brian. Yeah,
1: yeah, a, a, an amazing person. You know, yeah. like he's uh. He's been um, awarded the Queen's Service Medal Um, and then now just recently he's been knighted. So, you know, it says something about him.
0: Before moving into the national side in 1977, that year is still talked about in the New Zealand and Auckland Rugby League competitions. So good was the competition, so good were the footballers. Auckland completed the Grand Slam in the space of three weeks, beating – England, France, and Australia, amazing. Yes.
1: England, France, uh, Wales too, I think. Was it really? Yeah, we, we, we Wales too, yeah. So it was, um, and, and I was in, no, uh, sorry, so 77, so I'd have been twenty, twenty-one, 21, maybe 20. And uh, Kurt was in the second row with me. And um, I'm not sure if Dane was playing. Dane might have already left. And Dane was my age, so he was playing in Sydney at a very young age. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so we had these uh, – and the, our coach, Bill Sorensen, was a famous um, centre Un- – Uncle? Uncle Bill, yeah. Yeah. Uncle Bill, Bill uh, – uncle was – sorry, to, to Dane and Kurt. And he had his son played Bill, Junior played for Otahu uh, and he was a centre, a big, strong, strapping lad. And the last words were, before we played Wales, I believe, um, do not start a fight with these blokes. Because if you ever saw a picture of the, the Welsh side – their front row was they had heavyweight boxing champion, they had um there wouldn't have been five teeth in the front row. <laughs> there wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been ten fingers in the front row. Um they would have had um th they, scarred like, the faces look like they'd been road mapping when they used to carve them up with a with a razor blade. Um and they were tough, mean, nasty blokes and we were it was like I was a year older than than Kurt, so I would have he would have been maybe nineteen, I was twenty, and we were wow. playing in the second row. And a fight started. And um uh, I ended up with uh, Colin Dixon, and he was a big um, Jamaican bloke, a big strong, strapping bloke. And anyway, um I uh, I got a couple on him, and he sort of knocked him up against the fence because the fence was really close to Carroll uh, and Carla Park. And um, and as he was getting off uh, off the ground on one knee, he he said something to me, and I was like, I was in shock because I thought he'd, for some reason, I thought he'd be uh, have a calypso s- sounding. Yeah. to him, you know, but he was heavily, obviously Welsh. Well, well, I was born, and I was just in shock. I was just going, and I turned to one of the lads. And I said, "Did you hear that?" And he went, "Yeah," and he was the same as me, you know. <laughs> so that was uh, that was very different. But we we we, we beat them like you know, in the twenties to nil. You know, we we, we, were, we were when people. Um, I've done a few of these, obviously, and people say, "Oh, so did you find it a big step up in standard?" And I said, "Yeah, but you know, the standard in Auckland was was, yeah. was through the roof." You know, my club side. Atahoo, we were a champion side. We played lots of grand finals and lots of – we didn't win more, but we played in lots of them. And every – twice within – from 75 to 79 when I finished playing first grade before I came over to Australia in 1980, we played uh, a Sydney side at the end of the year. Mm. And once was Western Suburbs and we lost 11-8 to the Western Suburbs side that year. Um and it was my fault we lost because I should have passed the ball, but I threw a dummy, and ended up um, we ended up losing the game. And the next time we played, we played Cronulla, who just played the grand final, the second replay of the grand final, and we beat him two tries to a, to nil. Um, so, and sure, they might have been the end of the season and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, yeah it was early end of the season too. Yeah, and and we had we had some we had some and, and really good players, but we had. Like standard bearers, people that kept the standards in the job, yep. you know, And um it was just you just that was how it was, yeah.
0: Hard to describe to the the young listeners or the young fans now that Sydney wasn't always the only competition. There was the BRL in Brisbane, which yeah. was very strong in the late seventies, early eighties. You've just highlighted how how prominent and how good the Auckland competition was. Mm-hmm. But there was still, I guess, that lure to come to Sydney at some stage for a lot of young men.
1: Yeah, well, it was just to test yourself, obviously. Yeah. It was still, um, I suppose, the number one spot to play rugby league. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to make a first grade, So, I don't, I don't know, you'd necessarily know, Andy. What's the the percentage of people um, that play NRL football, yep. uh, athletically, they'd be... Considered athletically gifted, yeah. and there might be one or two percent of the population that are uh, tops, yeah. top at tops that can do that, you know? Yeah. So, um, even though, um, yeah, it's still a huge standard, obviously. It's, and it's just if you can play one game in first grade, you're most probably going pretty yeah. bloody good. You're, you're certainly out of the ordinary. So, um, to be able to have a, a career, um, you know, I was very fortunate. I mean, you know, I could have been injured early on and, and busted, mm. and that was it. So, you know, the good Lord was looking after me, and, um, um, I had plenty of luck and, um, you know, I just learnt to keep getting up.
0: Keep getting up, you did. 1977, you'd gone from so much success as a young bloke in New Zealand to the World Cup that didn't go as planned. Very disappointing for New Zealand with three straight group losses.
1: Yes. Um, I only I think I came on as reserve, um, just want to think, uh, against the Pommies, that was my first test down in Christchurch, and uh, the next test I started against France, it scored my first try, and we won that game. Um, but yeah, things were things were different. Um, we maybe we um, I think I think the world was you know we had a lot of good footy players. Um, I don't know, I, I can't really recall it you know, why we didn't gel yeah. or, or play as well as what we should have. But um, 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 yeah. I, It's a long time ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The early years of representing New Zealand, very different to what it is today, but you were based in New Zealand representing New Zealand. Tough school. The English were the older guys, very strong, very hardened. Uh, Very dirty too. Very dirty too. Very, very, yeah. The Aussies uh, were probably going through a changing of the guard and had a younger squad on the back of... You know, guys like Raper and Gaznia that had that had been there before. What a learning curve that is for a young bloke which you were in seventy seven. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um I can't recall playing against Australia in seventy seven, although seventy eight I, I I didn't make the touring side that went and toured um Australia but I, I was I joined them because there was an injury so they I I did get to go. And um I think I played I arrived arrived on a Saturday and we played um, On the Sunday, I hadn't even trained with the boys, so um, I played every game from the time I arrived to the end of the tour. So um, I I played um, midweek games, I played Saturdays in the big games, I played test matches, so I just, you know, all of a sudden I just played every game, so it was... um, um, it was quite eye-opening. It was a real experience, obviously. Um, to You know, the, the Aussies were so much better. I mean, I got to play against um, Bobby Fulton and, and people like that, so that was like, wow, you know. I, um, I, and in my, in my time, I played against Arthur Beetson too. So I, I – uh, and I can attest to everyone, they were very good players, very, very good players, and they're, are rightly immortals. And obviously, I played against Wally Lewis, so I played against most of the immortals of my time, so, um, or all of them. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, They should be immortals, and uh, they were great footy players.
0: You'd earn a reputation as a tough unit, and rightfully so. I always like to find out who you look to for toughness. As a young bloke, who were the guys in your team that set that standard that taught you how to be a tough footballer? Uh,
1: I think maybe my old man was a pretty hard man. Yeah. He was um, very, very confrontational. Yeah. He's a classic example. He'd walk out, we'd walk outside and the old man was always doing stuff around the house and the head swear to do stuff around the house. So we, we could paint or dig and the, yep. we could build stuff. We could, we could, um, we only thing we, we never really had a go at was the electricity side of things, but we could plumb and, and concrete and, um, there wasn't anything that even my sisters couldn't do, you know? Um, and the, the old man would say, g'day, Jack, and Jack and Heath was a black lived next door and he'd go, g'day, Mr. Graham. And he'd say to the black next door, you know, the other black, g'day, Anthony. And he'd go, G'day, Mr. Graham. <laughs> so he had that, that was, respect. Yeah. The everyone knew him as Mr. Graham. And,
0: yeah.
1: Um, there's a couple of times, a couple of things that stand out to me like, when you were 15 at my, in my era, you went and got your first pair of long pants because yeah. you didn't get long pants until you're 15. So I went down the road with mum and dad on a Friday night, which was late shopping night, the only late shopping night. And Otahu was a, Otahu was a main street with two lanes going one way. And um so it was one way street. So we parked just out in front of the or well, not far from the shop we were going to. Mm-hmm. And we went in and I, I um bought me a pair of pants, I was beside myself, I was really happy. And we walked outside and there was this gang had formed uh, the stormtroopers had turned up and they were between the car and us. You know, just and there was that many of them that they'd gone out into one of the lanes and the traffic had been stopped so they went into went into one lane. Wow. And um and that's just how it was. And the old man just looked and he said, Right, a gas. And my nickname of dad was Gas Pack. He said, Get your mother in between us, we're going in. So he just walked into them and pushed them out of the road and made it, made way for my mother. And we walked into the car, and got in, and she got in the back seat and I got in the front seat. And as we were driving off, I said, Geez, Dad, that was risky. He said, Why? I said, Well, they could have turned on us. And he went, Yeah, he said, but is that many of them. They don't know, no one really knows what's going on. Yeah. And he said, and if they'd have turned on us, he said, I'd have just smashed the first bloke and everyone else would have just gone, "Wow, what, what's going on here? You know, These blokes are attacking us. There's two of them, and one is like a 15-year-old, and the other one's a, a lady. And they're attacking us. Oh, this is dangerous. We've got to stay away from these people. That's how you should think logically. And I was going, yeah, yeah, but if they didn't do that, we were stuffed. He said, yeah. He said, he said, and I said, what about me next time I come up the street? And he goes, well, this is what's going to happen. They're going to say, there's that kid from the other night. Shit, there's only six of us. He had to go up 40 of us last time. He said, we need more numbers if we're going to take a run of this bloke. <laughs> and he said, and that's how you've got to think about it. And yeah. he said, it ain't about winning. He says, it's about having a go. So uh, that, that sort of stuck with me a lot. And I, I had plenty of fights, and I, I won't be fair here, I suppose, but it, it's about, you know, you, you've got to have some standards, yep. and there's things that you aren't going to cop, and there's things that you're, you're willing to. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're wrong, you know, you've got to admit it and
0: stuff like that. But sometimes just having a go is good enough, you know? This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. you like
1: dad in that respect? No I'd like to think I am yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I'd like to think I am I mean I won't stand to see people I was in in Indropilly about three weeks maybe a couple of months ago and I was with my daughter and we'd just gone to a yum char and um, we'd walked out and my daughter's got my phone she's (laughs) ordering me an Uber because I don't like to drive when I'm in Brisbane and um, I heard the scream and a dog going mental so I've run around the corner because it was like an urgent sort of thing yeah run around the corner and there's this woman and I looked at her and she'd been dragged backwards. She must have had a purse on around her neck and down the side. And it must have been a good sturdy strap. And some black had tried to bag snatch her and dragged, grabbed it. And she's obviously gone flying backwards in these wow. and he's screaming. There's all these people standing there. And I looked, I looked, around and there's a guy running and I thought, that's obviously the bloke. Yeah. And he was running fast. And I'm 66 now. And I, um, I went, yeah, I can't, can't foot it with him. But my, my, um, daughter's boyfriend, Tom, Tom McNulty, he was there, and he's a good lad. And I said, Tom, get that bastard. So he's he's a footy player, and he often grabbed him. and Got him? Got him, yeah. And I was uh, and I was looking at the lady, and they bought the ambulance and all that sort of stuff. And, and there, was, there was blokes, eligible, you know, like fit young men, yeah. you know? Well, well, a lot younger than me. Say 40, 26 years younger yeah. than me, maybe 30. And I said, mate, why didn't you help her? And he said, oh, he could have been on drugs or anything. I said, yeah, it could have been your mother or your daughter That's too. That's right. I said mate, that's a shit excuse. I said, there's a word for what you just did. And he said, Oh, what's that? I said, it's called cowardice. Yeah. And um he said, Oh, all right, few you might be able to know how to fight. I said, I'm 66. I said, I yeah. well, you had a fight, but once I said, but it doesn't matter. It's not about winning, it's about doing the right thing, yeah, you know? That's right. So um yeah. And and I'd had a, I'd had a couple of vacations where I'd intervened and and um and to help people. And um both times I almost got put in jail for it. So um yeah, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, what's right and what's wrong, how yeah. life has changed. Yeah, absolutely. How life has changed. As I
1: said to the copper, I said, mate, he wanted a fight. It's not my fault he couldn't.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, I
0: love yeah. that. The move from New Zealand to Australia, not many had done it previously. A few had. Yeah. What was the reasoning? Was it money? Was it opportunity? Was it the test? Or was it simply a change of scenery? It was a test. Yeah. Just to see. I mean, you know,
1: we're going to be. My we we're going to get to my age and older hopefully And mm. you just wanted you know I wouldn't have liked to have been lying in bed at, um, at my age now I think it's just you know I would have liked to have had a, had a try to see if I could yeah you know? so that, that's and it wasn't there was no money involved I, Graham Lowe came to Brisbane in 79 to coach and a good mate of mine standing up I went with him yeah and um, um, so I, I was still playing in Auckland today, too. and I was thinking about retiring maybe going fishing you know just you know I'd, I'd I had a family. I just my first my first son was born at the end of um, in November in seventy um, nine, and I wasn't really. And, and Graham called me and he we had a bit of a chat. And then he sort of said, "Oh, it's pretty tough over here. Maybe you shouldn't come." And I thought, "What? Oh. Yeah, what?" So, so I paid for my own um, if air, is Did you
0: really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
1: I, uh, um, I stayed with him. Um, I got a job. And New Zealand Rugby League weren't playing the game, so um, they were demanding a big um, transfer fee. And um, um, yeah, so anyway, that all it all sort of wished, all sort of got washed away in the end. But um, I I employed uh, Brian Williams, he's a great All Black. BG Williams is a great All Black winger, mm. and um, we went after them for restrained a trade. Uh, and someone way back in 65 had done the same thing. I think his name was Blackler, I think, for some reason. Okay. And he'd, he'd, got, he'd got away with it. He'd, he'd, they'd, they they'd, won. He'd won, but by the time they got to court, because they kept putting him off, putting yep. him off, his career had finished. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, you know, so anyway, we we managed to get it. But I had no pre-season training, so um, it was it was, a, it was a tough gig the first couple of games or the first month or two, so it was really
0: tough. But Yeah. This was at a time before the Broncos had even been thought of. The Brisbane competition... Looking back now, was littered with names oh. of future superstars. I mean, it was elite absolutely. level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And,
1: and there was like there was no. I think there was a there was a Saturday game that got play, replayed, or a Sunday game that got replayed at eleven o'clock at night from Sydney. Yeah, but everything else was Brisbane Rugby League, mm. and it was it was massive. Like I think we played in the grand final. Or we did play in the grand final that year, we played Seos and there would have been forty, fifty thousand people at the ground. Yeah, it was it was it was big news. Like it was, the news wasn't. From Sydney, the news no. was made where it was.
0: Famous grand final too. What do you remember of it? Because Huge brawl. That was the brawl, yeah. wasn't it? Huge brawl,
1: yeah. Um, um, Rossi Hendricks. if you ever look it up, 1980 grand final, North versus South. Rossi Hendricks threw the best punch um, that was ever thrown on a footy field and uh, God rest his soul because he's since passed away. But um, it was a massive fight and... It went for quite some time. Most people were involved and um, we played South at Mel Meninga. He was only a young man at that stage and they had a really good side. Yeah. Uh, lots of They had a few guys from Sydney um, in their Ford pack and they'd beaten us two out of two times during the year. So they were they're overwhelming um, mm. favourites but we, we got them So um, and that was a big, big turn up.
0: Look at some of the names from that game. Joe Kilroy, Mark Murray, Greg Canescu. Gary Walker, who is Chris yes, Walker's dad, yeah. Mal, Bruce Astle, Chris Feeling, Billy Johnston. How from there did you end up a North Sydney Bear?
1: Um, well, I got a, approached by a couple of um, a couple of clubs from down um, Sydney way and, um, you know, they'd send up representatives to talk to me and yeah. some of them, I, I don't know, if I didn't like them, I didn't like them. That was that you know. So I'd, I'd talk to them, but I was, you know, I'd like to think I've got I'm well mannered. Yep. And if they did things that I didn't approve of, I just there was it. The jam was off. Didn't matter. Yep. Didn't matter what they offered me. There was. not just wasn't about that for me. You know. You had your values and, and your, and your standards, standards.
0: Yeah. And you were uncompromising. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, and I wasn't. You know, like, I would hate to think that my family would be introduced to them and they would say or do mm. something that was inappropriate. You know. So I was. Yeah. You know, and a lot. You know. You know, that, I just, that's just the way it was. Anyway, I I, um, I got approached by North Sydney, and um, I'm a churchgoer, so I, I went to church on Sunday, and I made um, a time to meet them afterwards. And um, I went to the coffee shop, and there was these two blokes that I'd seen in church. So that was Ron Woolley and um, Kim McCaffrey. So it was mostly destined to happen. Yeah. yeah. So um, we sat down and we talked, and um, um, they sent a contract to me. While well, I was, I was my first time I toured. The first time I was captain of of New Zealand was in 1980. Yeah. As a 24-year-old maybe. That was
0: the UK tour? Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. And we went as underdogs and we ended up drawing um, both test series in England and France. And uh, in those days you went away for three months and you played on a Wednesday and a Saturday. Yeah. And um, for some unknown reason New Zealand Rugby League only sent 24 players so you couldn't have a complete change.
0: 24 players and you're playing twice a week? Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: And mind you, you did, sometimes you didn't use reserves because, you know, in those days you didn't you, you didn't use reserves. Yeah. Right? In those days, for the listeners out there, if you got picked in a test side and didn't take the field, you didn't get a credit at a test match and you didn't get any payment for the result.
0: Is that's, that right?
1: That's how it was. So, you know, to be a reserve, to not being named on the starting side was like you were hoping that someone was going to get injured. But they only had two reserves, as you know. Yeah. And one of them was always a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the hardest position to play, because they were the toughest people on the field. Because yep. every scrum was a, a contest, and you just got smashed. And there's lots of great players around that have been hooker uh, in the modern game, but yeah, the likelihood of them playing any more than three or four games in a, in a, in a test match yeah. in a test era would be they wouldn't have survived, I'm afraid. Um, but it was it was a hard, tough um, place to be. And you know, the referees in, in the old days they'd keep count. They'd go, "Okay, you got you." but I'm not penalising anyone because the crowd doesn't come to watch me blow the whistle. So, mm. you know, if he got four up on you, the referee might penalise him and then he'd be looking at you going, well, what are you <laughs> going to square up or what, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you learnt that early on. So if he got you, you got him back. And yeah. the referee going, okay, you're even. He just kept the score. He just kept scoring. If, yeah. if someone got too far ahead or they or they did something outlandish and, and, or maybe kicked someone mm. where the whole crowd could see it, he'd, he'd do something about it then. But, um, yeah, it was just how it was. It was funny.
0: And the… The bears got in contact with you while you were over Sorry, there. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, so they con- they sent me a contract, and um, I showed the boys. And I had a Freddie cool was doing a law degree at the time. And so I said, Freddie, have a look at this for us. And he had a look, and he went, Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty good, mate. I said, Okay, cool. So they call me and say, Okay, so we're gonna we need to know, um, are you going to sign or not, on oh, before you four your sign, we've been a senior wife and you we're giving her five thousand dollars to buy some Christmas presents and all that sort of stuff. I said, Oh know is that coming out of the, the money then? No, 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 it's just <laughs> a, like a the sweetener. I went, Oh shit. Okay, that, that's really nice, you I nice. really appreciate that. And um I said, Right, look, I'll sign right the second. If you double double the double the fee. And they went, Yep, okay. So I said sweet. So I signed. So that was that. So um and they might have thought I was greedy, but I I would have played for nothing. <laughs> but I was just, I was just wanted to see what, the, you know, how deep the water was, I suppose. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'll take you back to Sunday, March 29, 1981. It was debut day for North Sydney. You played at Redfern Oval against the Rabbitohs and a try on debut, if you don't mind. What was the step up in competition like? Was it what you had expected?
1: Well, Andrew, the, the, the thing that really got me was. Like, I'd, I'd come back from England. It was sort of mid-December. Yep. The boys had been training. So I'd turn up, I, you know, I maybe had a week off and I went down to training at, uh,
0: Tunk's Park? Tunk's Park, under yeah, the bridge, under yeah. Under the
1: bridge. And, um, um, I was lucky to last a session. You know, it was just oh, that hot. It was, it was just yeah. devastating. I'd come from England where it was freezing cold, obviously. Yep. And, um. So that was a real eye opener and I can remember lying on the ground afterwards and some I could hear someone talking and said, Oh jeez, there have not another key with it it's not gonna go the distance. You're kidding me and I'm lying there and I just thought, Fuck you, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's bullshit. So um that was the last time that, that ever happened to me. Um so yeah, I um I can't recall too much about the the playing of games. I, I every, every year or every year when we went and had the pandemic I go, I like to go down to, the end, to um, our reunion in North Sydney and yeah. I go to the kangaroo reunion too, which I'm you know, honored to be able to go to. And I stay with the big Donnie McKinnon and yep. we play a bit of golf all week and then um, I pay for the food and he drives us around and we play at the golf courses and, um, wow. and it's a good good relationship. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Big Donnie, after spending a week with Big Donnie, he remembers Everything about every game. Is that right? Unbelievable. He's got a huge head on him, but he's, there's a big brain on there. Let me tell you, he's got <laughs> unbelievable. And um, after spending a week with him, I get to the the uh, nursery union and um, I'm sort of semi depressed because I'm thinking, geez, I've got brain damage. I can't remember anything, you know? And and the, the subject comes up and the boys go, Oh, you've been spending a week with Donnie, you'd be depressed because he remembers everything. I said, Yeah, he does. And he, I said, What about you guys? He like, no, I can't remember any of that shit either. So. <laughs>
0: We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The Weekly Wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.